Welcome. You are listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue Podcast, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's better to hear it live, this is a place to catch the latest sermon, conversation, and select program. If you like what you're hearing or want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get a notification for our next episode. Enjoy and see you in shul. Friends, good evening. I'm going to uh, invite you to take your seats. Uh, We're going to get started. I want to welcome you uh, to Park Avenue Synagogue, those who are here in person. uh, To those who are joining us to the live stream, we welcome you. We wish you a Shabbat Shalom. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm joined on the Bima by Rabbi Leah Fine. Uh, I'm going to introduce Leah in just a moment. Um, The topic this evening is an opportunity to check in. Uh, with uh, what's happening on the college campus from the uh, perspective of a Hillel professional. And uh, it's nice to have some college students in the room. Uh, Rabbi Leofine is the Senior Director of Engagement at Columbia Barnard Hillel before joining the Hillel team in 2019. Rabbi Fine worked at Syracuse Hillel first as campus rabbi, then as interim executive director. Rabbi Leah's leadership in Syracuse helped transform Syracuse Hillel which earned Hillel International's Outstanding Campus Award in 2019, uh, ordained it and receiving a master's in Jewish education from the Jewish Theological Seminary. She was awarded the Pomerantz Prize in Congregational Education. Most important on her resume is that during rabbinical school, Rabbi Fine interned here at Park Avenue Synagogue in New York, Sinai Temple in L.A., and the Metropolitan Jewish Health System Hospice Residence in the Bronx completing a unit of clinical pastoral education through JTS. It's a pleasure, Leah, to welcome you to the BMA, or I should say back to the BMA. And it's great to uh, great to see you. So before we even get into what's been happening since October 7th, tell me a little bit about Columbia Barnard Hillel and the work that you do there. Absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here back at Park Avenue Synagogue. Um, feels like I'm back home. So very happy to be here. I have been at Columbia Barnard Hillel. This is my fifth year. I'm currently the senior director of engagement, which means that most of my time I actually spend outside of the craft center, outside of our Hillel building on campus, building relationships with all sorts of Jewish students. Mostly the students I engage with are students who came to Columbia or came to Barnard, and maybe they didn't expect to get involved in Jewish life at all. And now they're in college, they have every opportunity ahead of them, and they're exploring what it means to be a Jewish adult, what it means to discover Jewish life for oneself, and what Judaism could potentially bring to their life specifically as a college student. Um, So for me, what that looks like is a lot of one-on-ones with students, usually over coffee or smoothies somewhere in the Morningside Heights neighborhood. I do a bunch of fellowships, um, a lot of learning opportunities, and different kinds of Shabbat and holiday celebrations in the building and also all over campus. Um, But really the foundation for my work and 
our entire team. I'm very lucky to work with a large, fantastic team of professionals. And really the foundation of our work is engagement, by which I mean building relationships, really getting to know students, um, what somebody cares about, what somebody is afraid of, what somebody hopes for during their time in college and also in the future so that we can really connect people to the right next step specifically for them in their Jewish journey. Um, and we always have a lot going on. We're lucky to have a large building on 115th Street, which is usually packed, which is very exciting. So a lot of vibrant, exciting things happening with Jewish life at Columbia and Barnard. It's extraordinary. I know firsthand because I have a daughter at Barnard and I remember moving in uh, during COVID when we were stationed uh, outside the gates of Barnard in little like chalked areas and the Hillel professionals were out in force, right? (laughs) On Uh, Broadway. On Broadway and getting us into Hillel for a free lunch that day. And and, um, it's just an extraordinary a uh, group of professionals, and thank you for all that you do, because it actually is very personal for me. Also, lay leaders, our board chair, Stephanie Katz-Rothman, is here. It's good to see you, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to just talk about October 7th and the aftermath. I don't need to go through the full litany of things that has been happening on college campuses, but maybe I want to highlight a couple. I want to talk about a poll that Hillel did Uh, about the feelings of college students and then talk a little bit about how we got here and how Hillel is responding to really a historic moment, I think, on campus. So just a few things here. We Many of us have seen these at Cooper Union College in in New York City. Jewish students had the shelter in the libraries. Pro-Palestinian protesters banged on doors, chanted anti-Semitic slogans. At UMass Amherst, a Jewish student was punched in the face while holding an Israeli flag. A professor at UC Davis made online threats of violence against Zionist journalists saying that they have kids with addresses. The university is investigating, but to date has not taken any action. It goes on and on. I mean, you get the you get the idea. So a poll was done. The key findings of the polls, I'm just going to give you a few. Jews on campus are deeply impacted by the attack on Israel and the war. More than four out of every five Jewish students, 84 percent, say the situation in Israel and Gaza is affecting them. Uh, Jewish students are needing to hide their identity. More than one in three Jewish students, 37%, say they have needed to hide their identity, their Jewish identity. Um, Jewish students are victims of hate and violence on campus. One in three Jews, 35%, say there have been acts of hate or violence on campus against Jews. A majority are, I didn't give the exact number, but a majority are unsatisfied with their university's response to those incidents. And perhaps... For the work that you do and that we do, one of the most important findings is that Hillel and Jewish spaces on campus are more important than ever. Four out of five Jewish students say that Jewish spaces are more important than ever before. So Rabbi, help us understand um, in the aftermath of October 7th, how did we get here to the place where October 7th happened and the veil is just ripped off? And we experience the number of incidents and just general um, uh, the, the, the fire on some of these campuses. I think that's a question we're still trying to figure out in many ways. Columbia in particular has always been a very politically active campus. So in many ways, it wasn't surprising to see so much political activity, so many protests and rallies and things like that, because that is part and parcel of the Columbia experience and the Columbia campus. 
what has been surprising is that it hasn't stopped. It has been every single day. Um, and also, I'm just speaking, obviously, about the Columbian Barnard campus. That's the frame with which I'm able to view this. I know every campus is different. Every student is also experiencing things very differently, no matter what campus we're on. Um, but just holistically, we are already situated on a very charged campus. And we are also wondering how this has become sort of that linchpin that really has galvanized so many students who might have not thought about um, Israel before this, might not have thought about Gaza before this, and all of a sudden care enough to be showing up at these rallies, showing up at these protests, posting on their social media stories nonstop. I don't know if folks here are on side chat or have heard of side chat or if side chat is at every university. I have no idea. Side chat is an app that many Columbia students have. You log in with your Columbia email address and it's a place to anonymously post anything you want to say. Um, so you can only imagine what's happening there as well. Do you see side chat at all or is it just students? I've seen screenshots. Mm -hmm. I've heard that you can get on with a Columbia email address. I have not done that. I've also personally deleted all of my social media accounts. I am not using social media at all right now. It doesn't feel like a healthy space for me, but a lot of students are on it and have been sending us screenshots of what they've been seeing. So, so uh, you, you talked about your own, the way you're taking care of yourself. Um, what is, what does, Tell us briefly a little bit about what life has been for you, like for you since October 7th, because, you know, there are lots of front lines of this fight, right? And you are on, and any Hillel employee is on a front line right now. So how are you doing since October 7th? So for me personally, I came back to work for maternity leave on October 9th. And among the... Like I said, most of my work is meeting one-on-one -on -one with Jewish students on campus, um, really getting to know people, and, and of course, especially in this time, being there as a support. And um, many of those first one-on-ones that week were with students who had loved ones who were directly affected by what had happened on October 7th, um, students who were wondering where their cousins were, students who were wondering what happened to one of their best friends or have heard bad news about a close friend. And so for me, especially that first week was a lot of grief. Um, and sitting with students in that grief. And I think that's also part of what was very challenging that week was to hear on campus the Free Palestine chants while I was sitting with students who were crying because they had lost people they loved so much. Right, and this was early. This is really this is before early. any offensive by the Israeli army. Exactly. Right? So I want to come back to, uh, in a minute, I want to come back to the response of Hillel. You, you, I mean, obviously, one of the responses is sitting pastorally with students. But before that, you know, for years, people would talk about campus. And as you point out correctly, and we have probably have many different campuses represented here, some campuses are worse than others, more on fire than others. But oftentimes, in the years leading up to this, you would hear things and people on campus would say, well, 
you know, I mean, it's not really that bad on campus or, you know, you're only getting the, you know, you're only seeing the, you know, you're, you're zooming in on a situation in your, in your view, and not just on Columbia Barnard, but obviously you're in touch with other Hillel directors. Is it as bad as it looks on campus right now from the outside? So I, I am in touch with other rabbis, Jewish professionals on other campuses. Um, and I know our executive director, Brian Cohen, is in touch with so many other executive directors as well. And, and others on our staff continue to be in touch. Um, and I will also say I was one of those people who, when I started working at Columbia Barnard Hillel, so many people said to me, why do you want to work at a place with so much anti-Semitism, so much anti-Israel sentiment? And I said, you have no idea the vibrant Jewish life on this campus. You have no idea how strong this community is. I love going to work every day. I truly, truly love it. The students are amazing. We are able to offer so many ways to engage with Jewish life that I never could have dreamed up even five years ago. Um, and I continue to be so proud of what we're doing. And I think I was one of those people who I, I knew it was there. There was something under the surface, but it didn't seem like the dominant sentiment. And what I'd heard from students over the years was that if you are in student government, that is certainly a place where you will encounter anti-Semitism, a lot of anti-Israel sentiment. Um, it will happen in classes sometimes, but for the most part, if you want to be outside of that, you actually can be outside of that. And now I'm hearing from more and more students that it's a lot harder to be outside of that because of what they're seeing on friends' social medias, what they are hearing friends talking about in the library or in their classes or in their club meetings. Right. Um, or in my daughter's case, she used an example of standing at a rally um, a pro-Palestinian rally where they're chanting Intifada and, you know, River to the Sea and et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, the guy up on stage is like in her Greek class. Yeah. Right? So how do you, right? Exactly. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a odd sort of experience to, you know, not, it's not just that the government of Israel is being protested against. It's the chance of death to Israel, river to the sea, all, all of the, or, or genocide, right? All of those things are, are creating a very hostile environment. That, and because of where those are taking place, you can hear it from anywhere on correct. campus. And so you can be sitting in your dorm room or sitting in the library, and that's what you're hearing. Right. So, like many institutions, synagogues, I assume Hillel's pivoted after October 7th. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you are supporting students beyond as you, and I'm not minimizing, I think the pastoral piece is huge for students right now, but there's also, as you said, the students who are sort of coming to, you know, coming to the Zionist case or I, you know, or even open to expanding their Jewish identities in ways they may not have been before because Hillel is, as it said in that the poll I quoted, a safe space. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what is Hillel doing now to respond to students' needs, in addition to the pastoral piece and, and the things that you mentioned? Yeah, we, um, our associate director, Shana Zients, immediately organized for social workers and therapists to come to the craft center and have open office hours. The counseling center, as you can imagine, has been inundated 
with appointments and it's been hard for students to get appointments there. And so we prioritize the mental health of students and the physical safety of students as well, um, making sure that the spaces at the craft center are spaces that people can actually genuinely, genuinely feel safe. We also have done little things like anytime we hear there is going to be a protest on campus, we'll just get a ton of pizza and have pizza out on the second floor. And it's not an event. It's not advertised as instead of going there, you can come here. It's just open in case people want another space to be in that's away from everything else. Um, we also, in many ways, have been business as usual. We have Shabbat dinners that happen every single week that are free and open to everybody. We're continuing our fellowships, Jewish learning opportunities, many more speakers around Israel specifically because that's what people are interested in right now. Um, we're continuing all of the different kinds of social opportunities. We're still planning the big Hanukkah party and all of that. And so it has been a balance. Um, and then it feels like we've also just enhanced what we were doing before in many ways, particularly on the engagement front. After October 7th, every single person on staff reached out to every single student we knew, whether it was a text or an email. Every student we knew got a personal check-in just to make sure that people were doing okay. Does that, does that um, piece of information from the survey resonate for you? you have, have you seen an increased volume of students coming through Hillel? I have seen an increased volume of students coming through Hillel. I also, I even reached out to students who I met once in a coffee shop. We barely had a conversation, but, you know, we kind of recognize each other. Um, or we met once at Shabbat dinner or something like that. And I got so many people responding to me, asking if we could meet up, people who would never have wanted to do that before. Um, one student called me and said, you know, I actually walked outside the craft center yesterday and I was way too intimidated to walk in because I've never been inside before, never occurred to me to walk inside before. And now I feel like I need it and I don't know where to go. So I invited him to the craft center and I took him on a tour and I introduced him to people so that he could feel comfortable there. Um, and I've also had situations where I'll meet up with a student for coffee and they'll bring one or two friends now, which didn't really happen before, mm -hmm. but friends who feel like they need somebody to talk to about what's going on. Um, I will also say, in my specific case, the opposite has also been happening. Jewish students who I had relationships with um, do not resonate with the pro-Israel stance that Hillel is taking and with those Zionist values. And so there are some people who I also haven't seen in a long time. And is your sense that they're finding uh, connections through different places? I mean, where have they just disappeared from the Hillel scene completely? Are they uh, are they gravitating towards groups that are more open to uh, sort of a less pro-Israel uh, point of view? The truth is, I don't know because I haven't been able to yeah. talk to them. So I imagine probably, um, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. So Columbia Barnard is, as you said before, it's extraordinary because um, as many people who would have told you, quoting you, not to go, why would you go to such a politically charged environment? Um, it's extraordinary, right? Yeah. I mean, the number of kids who identify actively as Jews, number of observant kids, uh, by any metrics, it's an incredibly rich Jewish environment. Um, and 
as a result of this uptick in anti-Semitism and all the anti-Israel things, as you said, there's been an increase in programming and, you know, connecting to Jewish identity. Uh, we'll take them any way we can get them. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I know because you and I have spoken about this, um, we want kids not just to identify negatively with their Jewish identity, meaning I'm Jewish because I am a victim of anti-Semitism or outside my dorm regularly, they're calling for intifada, but we want kids to celebrate Jewish joy, right? So talk to us a little bit about finding that balance, right? As you said, it's sort of business as usual, but uh, right, you, you've got, we've got a window here right. with a lot of kids. I mean, it's no different here on Friday nights, there are 400 people coming to synagogue. So how do we capture that joy that we feel and not just showing up because times are tough for the Jewish people? And that was really the priority since my first day back on October 9th. That's what we as a staff were talking about. How do we make sure to still embrace Jewish joy um, while also holding space for all of these other things going on with the war and going on on campus? One of the big things that we're doing, we're actually hosting a huge Shabbat dinner for all of the Columbia affiliates in the room. We're hosting a big Shabbat dinner called Shabbat Together on December 1st. We're expecting a thousand people. It's going to be hosted in the gym at Columbia. And the tagline is embracing Jewish joy. It was really important to us to create an opportunity where people could come together over Shabbat dinner and just celebrate Shabbat together and embrace Jewish joy together and connect and be with one another and relax and do all of the things that you love to do at Shabbat dinner and enjoy this delicious meal with people you care about. And we're hoping that it's also a way for students to invite friends who are not Jewish to be part of that celebration of Jewish joy. I think right now it's really easy to retreat back into, you know, just those Jewish friendships or relationships or spaces or connections. And it also feels important to maintain those friendships and relationships with people who aren't Jewish and with clubs that aren't solely around, you know, Jewish life and culture so that we can make sure to, you know, celebrate with more than just our own community, as strong as it is, we really are stronger when we have so many more allies and friends with us too. Any other great initiatives, anything that the Jewish, I want to stick on this yeah. Jewish joy thing, right? Because well, right. One of, so that's our big one coming up. Another piece of Jewish joy specifically, for us, a lot of it is around Shabbat dinner only because on Friday nights, usually mm -hmm. students, nobody has class, people are really available to come together. Um, and on Friday at Columbia, most people don't have class also. So we do a lot of different kinds of programming at, at um, Hillel on Fridays, also throughout the week. And there was one Friday recently when two members who were at, two people who were at the Nova Music Festival, who survived the massacre at the Nova Music Festival, came to speak. And they spoke downstairs in our big auditorium downstairs in the Hillel building. Right after that, we had a meeting for our engagement fellows, who are a team of Jewish students who engage their peers in Jewish life on campus and are that bridge for their peers, connecting them to Jewish life and Jewish joy. 
Right after that, Hala for Hunger was baking Hala's in the same exact room and packaging them up to be able to sell and distribute all over campus. And then after that, there was um, Shabbat, Kabbalah Shabbat services and Mariv in the same room. And then the room got turned over again for Shabbat dinner. There was a table at Shabbat dinner that was open and set for the hostages, um, much like what's being done all over the world. And after Shabbat dinner, people were staying and singing. And so I was in that room for many hours that day, and we were talking to students about how one room and one space could hold all of that. Yeah. And it seemed like the perfect metaphor for what we all were experiencing, right. holding so many different things at once, and that the joy doesn't need to come at the expense of the grief, that we can actually hold both of those things at the same time. It's beautiful. I want to I want to shift gears um, and maybe open it up to some of our students here because one of the things I think that the clergy have been dealing a lot with here, as I assume you are, is in people's respective schools. For us, it's often in the ongoing primary private schools of New York City, where the the response of the schools was less than we would have hoped for, uh, um, either in condemning the terrorism or not having the sort of moral clarity that we would have liked to have seen. Um, and I've, I have either spoken to parents or in several cases spoken to students, including college students who are, you know, struggling with this and are feeling unsafe and want to speak to their administration about what's happening and how they might be uh, better allies to the Jewish students. Um, I, I assume, A, um, I think many of us know the answer to this question, but what has Columbia's response been and how, you know, how has the Hillel community felt about Columbia's response regarding October 7th? And what are, how are you helping beyond the pastoral piece of kids who have friends or former camp counselors or, 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 or madrichim on Israel trips who have been impacted directly by this? The other layer is, these kids are speaking to administrations. What what are you telling kids, in, in you know regarding that? So, a what's happening on Columbia with the response? Um, B how are you helping kids kind of navigate their professors, administrators, deans, etc.? So we haven't seen so much response from the university yet. Um, our executive director Brian Cohen is advocating around the clock and he's really the one who works so closely with students in um how to talk to their deans about what's going on we always encourage students to take screenshots if you are seeing anything on social media and an email um write down incidents or take photos of what you're seeing if you think that something could potentially be problematic submitting it to one's dean and really we are encouraging students to advocate for yourself as much as possible which is an important life skill in general and even more important right now um, so I know Brian is doing a lot of advocacy work on that front with different administrators at the university. Um, and one thing that I think has been really lovely that I've heard a lot of students have appreciated is that several administrators from Columbia and Barnard have come to Shabbat dinner at the Craft Center. Mm -hmm. So every week, we have not yet had a Shabbat dinner since October 7th that didn't have an administrator who was there sitting with students 
And that table that the administrator is sitting at with students has every single week been the last one to leave. Um, and the very first week, the Barnard president, for example, came and sat with a table of Barnard students and really listened. Um, well, the Barnard president wrote a great letter. That was, yeah. I mean, strong. And I think it's, I really do think that it's in no small part because she actually was listening to what students mm -hmm. were saying and was sitting with students. And that is also something that Brian has been working on in terms of advocacy towards the university, making sure that administrators really hear from students firsthand, hear what they're going through and their stories. This side chat thing, anonymous, I have to believe that this is like a sewer of I mean, the are, worst that you are, 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 are kids signing off of that? Are they engaging with uh, right? What do they do? I, I just can't imagine when people have the opportunity to post anonymously. Exactly. Right. Um, and that side chat continues. They're not they're, the university's not shutting side chat down. Not so, that I've heard. Okay. Rabbi Fine, I wish I could tell you that our lives are going to go back before October 7th in terms of the work we're doing. But I think that this is very much. Um, a marathon and not a sprint. And uh, the work that Columbia Barnard Hillel is doing is just extraordinary, as is the work that is happening on all of the campuses, trying to uh, meet the needs of the students in a m m multiplicity of ways. Um, it's not just your Hillel's. Uh, at the beginning of this, we held a number of Zoom calls for college students. Our phones continue to ring. Uh, we continue to get emails. We are here for you, all the clergy, to help you uh, navigate these conversations, provide resources, um, advice to speaking to professors, deans, et cetera, and uh, hope that you will continue to utilize the sources that we provide and also that your campus Hillel provides as well. Rabbi, I want to thank you for joining thank us. You. Uh, it's great thank to you, see everybody. you. I uh, wish you and your family a Shabbat Shalom, a happy Thanksgiving. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. See you in shul.